Welcome to the Uphill Athlete Podcast. Our mission is to elevate and inspire all mountain athletes through education and celebration. My name is Alyssa Clark, and I will be your host today. We are thrilled to welcome trail running legend and environmental activist Damian Hall onto the podcast. Damian has a wide variety of racing experiences and success from a spine race course record to a Pennineway FKT and a fifth place finish at UTMB. He's also a coach, journalist, and author of two books, including We Can't Run Away From This, which examines the impact of running and racing on the climate crisis. Damien, thanks for being on the podcast. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Oh, of course. Well, I have to, a little caveat, I mess up the time zone as <laughs> happens with across, so I have to be extra nice. Um, also, I did not realize that you had such a strong um, journalism writing background, which is really cool to see. That's kind of what my background is as well. Oh, yeah. Um, that's sort of, I've sort of swapped out of it now. I've sort of gone from, yeah, gone from being a journalist to a to an athlete. And But in the early days, that was really helpful, partly, partly to get free entries to big expensive races. Um, like the as you will know, like the fee for writing the story often never even matches the kind of the time away or the or the um, the travel costs maybe, but you get you know a free entry to you know a big race. Um, but also, it, I, I think back now it really helped me make sure I finished them because sometimes it meant there'd be it's no so story true. unless unless it was a you know a success. Especially one magazine I wrote for, they wanted essentially some sort of success story. You know it. Um, so, so it made me quite. It put a bit of extra pressure on me to sort of, yeah, come home with a story, which I do think helped me a bit early on. Oh, that's so funny! I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, I guess there's only so many. Well, I gave it my best shot, and it didn't work out. <laughs> Stories that they want. Um, so yeah, how did you get your start in ultra running? And then also, what really you're so much of a leader and a, a champion of the environmental movement. How did that? become such an integral part of your messaging and your mission in the trail running world well um gosh yeah that's a lot that's a lot i'll try i'll try i'll try sorry that's a lot (laughs) a lot at you um i suppose i've been running ultra marathons for uh what is it 11 11 years um i wasn't really much of a runner before that i i really enjoyed uh what you guys call soccer um, but I was also a sort of long distance hiker, a trekker, and I did a bit of mountaineering. So I loved being, I suppose, big days out in, you know, in lumpy places near mountains or in around mountains. I loved that. I just didn't realize there were many sports, you know, in those areas. Uh, I suppose I was aware of skiing, but never really got the opportunity to do that much. Um, uh, but then it was actually, yeah, 2011, I signed up for a half marathon, um, was feeling a bit unfit and just, just loved it. and then realized you know may as well try a marathon just curious about what that felt like you know was that possible for me and then it was actually a magazine that sent me on my first ultra marathon because i was nagging them to take a story from me about this new thing i'd found which was amazing and life-changing called running um and they said okay we'll send you on an ultra marathon and i was a bit like oh you know oh you know what's that um but obviously it was painful etc and had all the highs and lows you'd expect but just loved it and by the end i thought this is for me. I want to do more of these. Um, and I suppose over the following years got, got quite carried away. 
um, to the extent... As we all do. <laughs> yes. I mean, four years later, I was in the, the GB trail running team uh, at the age of, I think, 40, 40, 40 I think. Um, so that, yeah, I really, I really got into it. I just loved it. I, I had a coach quite early. Um, and then I suppose, yeah, along the, along around then, I did get a bit of an obsession with UTMB, um, did it four years in a row, sort of improving each time. And that was my, that was my big, that was my obsession. Um, and then I sort of, yeah, moved on a bit. Um, and yeah, 2020 lockdown, lockdown year was, was actually pretty exciting here. We had a lot, a lot of, um, FKTs happening in Britain, uh, what did you want to it say? Was in, it was it was incredible to watch. We actually had John on the podcast, and he said, "Oh, if you ever want to gain a lot of traction in the UK podcast scene, just put the two of us on. They love it." <laughs> well, yeah, we became something of a um, I don't know a, a, a double act or a bromance. Um, uh, I, I'd, I'd already met John um, a few times because he'd um, he actually lived quite near me. But obviously during lockdown we couldn't actually see each other but because our races were cancelled um he had already told me he was going to go for the Pennine way record um and i must admit it had been on my mind for a long time but i hadn't had the courage if i'm honest and i'd always kind of yeah. thought well i'll do this race first and, and i don't have time for it but when i saw john had the courage to go for it and then suddenly we had no races um i thought i'll go for it too and i actually always thought i'd go for it before him but the dates didn't work and he ended up going first and he broke the record has stood for 30 years. Um, and I, I still feel a bit, um, well, he had the last laugh, but yeah, he, he broke it. And then I only went eight days later and broke his record, which still feels a bit, a bit mean. Um, but he had the last laugh because the following year he came back and he came back and broke it. And I have had a go at trying to re-break it once uh, last year. And th yeah, that didn't, that was unsuccessful, let's say. Um, but yeah, that, that, and there was a film made um, by our friends. Uh, it's called Tot Totally FKT. Um, so yeah, we've had a lot of fun together, which is, which is, which is carried on and we're quite, I don't know, we're, we're very different characters actually, but yeah, we, we, we we've got a lot in common. I, 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 I hope he still likes me. I think we're good friends. Oh, um, he does. He does. <laughs> Definitely. Um, uh, but yeah, he really shook the scene up a bit actually when he came over here and, and, you know, the things he was planning to thinking of doing were just things none of us really had had contemplated um like his grand round idea um was just epic you know and, and you know no one was considering that um and so yeah we had a lot of fun um yeah 2020 20, 2021 20, etc um I, I suppose yeah to get back to your question my more environmentalism i suppose came in more recently um probably from mid late 2019 um we have a group over here. I don't know how well they're known in America, but they're, they're called Extinction Rebellion. Um, they okay. will have American sort of branches, I'm sure, but probably not as big. Um, and they started doing these incredible protests in London and, and sort of uh, stopping the traffic. And um, But they're all in, dressed up in great fancy dress and um, they'd be singing songs and they had big pink boats, you know, in the middle of the street. And it, it was just so compelling and, and it was so well organized and you kind of thought they really know what they're doing. And and I hadn't realized, I suppose I hadn't really realized like a lot of people quite how urgent our global situation is and, and quite how reluctant our government anyway are to, you know, I suppose so stop subsidizing fossil fuels for starters. Um, you know, they're not doing the things that the scientists are telling us we need to do really urgently. Um, so 
but even then I couldn't see how it related to running I suppose I still you, you kind of saw polar bears in the arctic and you kind of thought well I'm just running around in the fields and hills around here it doesn't it's not related and then it was actually some friends of mine who had a little um charity called rerun clothing and they were explaining that sort of um well firstly all the all the free race t-shirts were a huge cost to the planet um and then they were finding they set up a sort of they tried to get new homes for all these t-shirts that no one wanted that everyone had for free um and then they realized all the the shoes were a massive problem as well because we're all sort of chucking shoes out too soon brands are telling us 300 miles throw them out um and that you know that that that's well it's clearly a myth um and and but so they were sounding the alarm saying there's loads of unwanted kit there's a huge waste crisis and and the actual crisis is before the kit gets to you because because all our clothes release emissions to to be produced and it just made me think i suppose um i mean around that time i started joining in protests but it made me think okay i'm an athlete and i'm I'm flying around the world for races and i'm showing off my new kit on instagram and um things like that and just kind of thinking oh i suppose learning as much as i could and realizing i don't know that wasn't that wasn't sitting well with me that they weren't appropriate behaviors for me at that time um it's taken some time to sort of work out where the key areas are to change and what's realistic and what's fair even um i mean i fly a lot yeah i fly a lot less i went three years without a flight but i did take a flight this year um and and that's a whole you know that's a a hard debate to have um um because it's it doesn't seem fair that you know we should all stop flying but we probably could all do a bit better but um yeah and then and then more recently i was encouraged to write this book and then uh, almost exactly a year ago actually we launched uh, me and some other friends including jasmine paris um launched the green runners which is um um yeah been a wild success actually we're we're approaching a thousand members all around the world and um that's been really exciting it just feels i don't know it's quite scary this climate breakdown stuff and and yes just, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, i totally agree <laughs> yeah and, but and and it, if nothing else it well, there are lots of things that great, you know, the, the green runners are, uh, are helping with, I think, and, and useful for. But also, it just feels comforting to know there are other people who are worried about this stuff, who aren't perfect, but they're trying, you know, and the, and and you can get together, and even if it's having a chat and and sharing concerns or sharing sharing some new information or or, or something. Um, that's been it's been really good on lots of levels. Um, and I know you've got a couple of organisations in, in America as well doing doing great things. But yeah, I, I just think running running is part of the problem, and running is suffering from from climate breakdown. But but hopefully it can lead to yeah some good outcomes. Absolutely, uh, you've you've touched on a lot of things that I want to expand upon. Um, but no, it, it's yeah, it there's a lot of existential crisis that I I feel uh, thinking about all these things. So. Um, no, I'm glad you're voicing them, and it, it, it there is so much that we can do. And I guess building off of that, when we are building a racing schedule, when we're figuring out our travel impact, how do a you go about deciding what races are important to you, how you're going to get there, and b what do you recommend for other athletes? Because it's something I think about a lot. Um, I mean, there is kind of the carbon offsetting of paying extra money when you're flying, but is that enough? You know, how how do you go about travel and racing schedules? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and a, and a great dilemma. Um, I think, firstly, I'm reluctant to sort of point point fingers or or, or be too preachy about it. Um, and like I say, I took a flight this year. I flew to, flew to America and back, so that's a huge a huge amount of emissions. 
Um, but what, I, what, what I've come up with after speaking to s- some other people in, in sustainability, including a, a professor over here, Mike Berners-Lee, um, who's quite influential here. He's done a great book, by the way, called How, How Bad Are Bananas, um, which is worth a look. Um, we came up with like a three-point checklist, really. I suppose it's, first of all, ask yourself, how important is it? How important is that event, whether it's a race or, or anything in your life? You know, how important is it to be there? Obviously, a wedding or something like that. You know, that, that to me, that's, you know, so important to be there in most cases. Um, you know, do you need to be there? Then the next question is, what's the best way you could travel there? Um, what's the lowest carbon way you, you could realistically travel there? Because, I mean, yeah, we can all, <laughs> we can all, you know, um, sail or w- walk, but it might take years. Um, you know, it's not quite that fair, fair to, yeah, to expect that in every scenario. But but we're realistic. What can we do better? Um, and there's a, um, yeah, hierarchy of, of different travel. Obviously, flying is the worst and running is the best. Um, but actually, I didn't realise to more recently say a car, sharing a car with four people actually is is about as good as a train journey. And, and that's pretty low carbon low carbon actually so car car sharing or lift sharing is is actually a pretty good way to to travel um obviously better if it's electric but but that's still rare um and then the third question is if you're going to make the trip um how can you make more out of the trip what how can you maximize the trip is it staying longer is it combining it with some work somehow or or a visit to a friend like for example when jasmine paris flew out to the barclay marathons recently she was able to visit her brother in new york sort of thing so that 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 shares the the emissions um makes it a more worthwhile journey um so those are the three the three questions for me how important is it what's the best way you can realistic travel there how can you make the most from the trip um so yeah beyond that i wouldn't be too finger pointy about other people and um and yeah i I flew this year i decided one event was so important that to me and but and yeah you you get some people think that's fine and some people think it's not fine and you sort of yeah can't can't please everyone can't please um, everyone yep <laughs> no. um but i feel like i've made other i suppose other, other sacrifices elsewhere in my life i've turned away a lot of a lot of very exciting race trips um and so on and and yeah made other i've gone gone full annoying vegan uh for example that doesn't make it okay to fly around the world but i have reduced my own footprint where i can um and then really i do think i imagine we'll get to this maybe later, but I'll ju- jump the shark a bit. And to me, pushing for system change is more important than your own personal footprint because, um, yeah, if you're, if you're, I don't know, if you're cutting down on red meat, but a coal mine opens up down the road, that was much worse than you having a sausage. So, yeah, that pushing, trying to think of the bigger picture, I suppose joining organisations and trying to improve things, nudging brands, to me, that's more important. Um, that's where I'd... Yeah, urge people to concentrate. Oh, that's that's really helpful to have that breakdown of just thinking about it because the answer might be, yes, this is very important to me and here's how I'm going to do it. But yeah, I mean, I, my husband and I, so we lived in uh, Italy for a couple of years and we're big mountain people. You very much see the impact on the glaciers and it's really terrifying. And so we both went plant-based. I had been previously off and on in 2020. And, but then you kind of start really looking into the details of it and start to wonder, you know, how much it is an individual making an impact. Um, because we, we truly, we only can do like, if everyone didn't care, then nothing would change. Like, you know, there's a circular argument, but how, how do you go about 
working on policy and also making these changes of being vegan, et cetera? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great question. It's right at the heart of, of what should we do? You know, if we care, what, what, what is it do we do? Do we, do we make sure we do our recycling or do we hit the streets and protest? Um, I, I've thought about this a lot and it's kind of what I uh, debated in my book a bit as well and, and, and also what The Green Runners is, is sort of about. And we came up with basically kind of four pillars. Um, it's kind of how you, how you move, how you travel, um, how you kit up, uh, because our kit can be can be a big part of the problem. Um, so it's sort of, I suppose, buying less and making it last longer where possible. Um, how you how you fuel, um, because yeah, you know, we we need to globally reduce meat and dairy consumption. Surprisingly big cost to the planet. But then the fourth pillar, to me, is the most important one. It's how you speak up. Um, and one of my favourite uh, climate scientists, actually, she, I think she's based in America, but she's Canadian, Professor Catherine Hayhoe. Um, she says talking about it is the most most important thing we can do um now to me that doesn't mean hey we had a chat about it so we've done enough um but to me it implies it's yeah it's nudging for bigger change so i honestly don't care if if someone flies five times five times a year if, if they join in a climate protest i i mean i'll love them for that i think that's the most important thing to do join in a protest or or use their platform especially with athletes i was shown a bit of research recently actually by well there's a group over there called the Eco Athletes um, who I joined recently. They showed me some research that sports people are the most influential people of our time, which was both kind of terrifying, but also yes. huge, <laughs> hugely, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. also hugely empowering. In that, um, I mean, they probably didn't mean trail runners. They probably meant, I suppose, yeah, you know, the top, the top sports stars. No, in the world. We're, um, it's us. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? But but yeah, yeah, we we have, you know, we have a platform, and we have, uh, and also if you're a trail runner, you probably already care about the outdoors, you would hope. So, so we've got a huge group of people who who care about the right things. Um, if we can galvanize and use that community and you do see it happening already. I, I like to think with the green runners, but over there, you've got uh, runners for public lands, isn't it? And, and protect our winters um, and organizations like that. Um, I would honestly say, yeah, if you, if you feel you have to fly five times a year, I don't hate you for it. Please, but please join in, please join in the, you know the more broader bigger picture stuff that's where we can make a difference over here i don't know if it works the same there but you know i'd encourage people to email their mp about you know about issues um join in join in protests civil disobedience um ask especially if you're a sponsored athlete or if you've got a preferred brand ask that brand what they're doing you know you can do it politely but but firmly you know what is it you know it's important that you guys show your you know reducing your footprint overall what, what are you doing about it um even your sports nutrition, you know, especially if you're a regular customer or you're, they're your favorite brand, you know, just check in with them. Are you doing all you can, guys? Um, running events can have a huge, huge amount of emissions, actually. Um, actually, in my, in my book, it was quite terrifying. Say a big city marathon could have the same emissions as giving birth to 30 people and their entire lifetimes, over 30, actually, for the really big ones. Holy so that was cow. quite terrifying, yeah. And most of that, I mean, what's good and bad is most of that would come from travel, especially if flights are involved. Um, so it did come back to the the flying. Um, but yeah, most events could do better. In Britain anyway, there's a lot of concentration on, I, I suppose, reducing plastic waste, reducing t-shirt waste, which is which is great, but they're not the big, they're not the biggest factors. It's, it's the travel. I was just at, giving a talk at the London Marathon recently, actually. And yeah, I mean, they do some things well, but they're not, 
we call it the elephant in the room. They're not considering the elephant in the room of, of limiting perhaps international, um, you know, runners, uh, which sounds a bit unfair, but it's kind of where we are. Um, so there's, a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also so there are so many options. I say, if you were to use the States, for example, you know, we have Chicago, we have New York, we have Boston. Um, there are, there is a lot of amazing races to have happen here, but yeah, that, wow. That puts it into perspective. <laughs> yeah. But, and there was part of me thinking, well, you can't even have these events anymore. That How can you justify that? But then you but then you look back and you remember how inspiring these events can be, how life-changing, even for someone watching, it might change their life. Um, it might save their life, you know. So, But they could probably all be do, done better. But what I don't like, I've been a bit, I've been a bit sort of, what's the word? I haven't been very outspoken about this yet. But what I don't like is things like the Abbott's World Marathon Majors, where I think it's six marathons around the world, but they're trying to add more. You right. know? They're trying to add places in China, places in Australia, and, and then people are encouraged to sort of complete the set. Um, now, it's all right. I want to be a bit careful because I've done, I've done Marathon de Sable. I've, I've flown a fair bit in my life. I'm, I'm well into my 40s. I've seen a lot of the world. I'm very lucky. Um, so I don't want to say other people shouldn't see the world. That doesn't seem fair. But I don't love these new global, and UTMB are doing very similar, you know, creating a global sister series where right, right. there's pressure to make sure you you know yeah um almost to qualify for a certain race you some in some scenarios you, you have to travel abroad you, you may well be flying i don't think that's great um yeah i don't think that really fits with our time um but i said yeah with the caveat that I, you know i i in the past i've i'm lucky i've seen a lot of the world so i don't i don't want to i don't want to let guilt trip on individuals for that but i don't think those those organizations could be doing better or, or what are they doing about, you know, what can they do better to, to make less impact there, I suppose. Yeah, no, I think it's a great point where maybe, yeah, just less incentivization of you have to complete the circle or, you know, just start looking at maybe putting more effort into what's around you and making that more visible um, rather than trying to look outwards. Yeah. It's tough because I mean, I've traveled quite a bit in that it's so enriching. I mean, it changes your life to see other cultures, to see other places, to understand in many ways that understanding that you get from seeing other areas is also what makes you more steadfast in trying to save what's here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true. And even in, yeah, one of my other cli favorite climate scientists, yeah, Mike Berners-Lee, who I've already mentioned, I've read a couple of his books and one of them, he does say travel is one of the greatest things we can do. And, and, and I, you know, I'm a parent. I want my kids to travel because I think it will make them better people, you know, and especially seeing other cultures, seeing how lucky we are in, in, in the West, um, especially. Um, but yeah, we may have to travel a little bit less or a little bit smarter, but then again, governments can do so much to improve that. Um, you know, they've just cut domestic, tax on domestic flights in Britain, for example, to make them cheaper, you know, and that's that's exactly the opposite of what we, what we need to do. Um, and our trains are really expensive, you know, and it's like it's like, well, that that's the exact opposite way around. So that's what makes me angry, especially when individuals and I've, I've had other other top athletes actually email you message me and sort of say, I really want to travel more sustainably to this race. But look, it's 300 quid to, to do it the right way and 50 quid to do you know to to fly and like how can i like and they you know so, so that's not that's not yeah. fair on us is it so yeah 
Um, yeah, that's that's what I mean. My system changed, getting those things changed, I suppose. Absolutely. So let's go into more. We've kind of talked a little bit of bigger picture. Picture, but how do you look at your actual? You've talked a bit about kit, about nutrition. How do you think about um, reducing waste in your everyday? In what we use because so much of it is you know you use it for a little bit and then it rips it tears or something or single use nutrition how how do you go about yeah the kind of the smaller picture the things we can do every day yeah and and this i find this stuff pretty interesting because i think the obvious thing is that we see a lot of plastic waste on the floor um on the trails sometimes um, on the hills um, and a lot of our sports nutrition comes in plastic packaging some of it can be recycled often often gels can't be um, although hopefully that's changing a little um, and and we we can be it can be tempting to think that's that's the worst thing it's the plastic waste and often it's not actually that um, for example like food waste overall is is a far bigger problem globally um, and actually most of that food waste happens in our homes um, because obviously the supermarkets don't, you know, they don't want, they're losing money if they're doing that. So a lot of it happens in our homes. Um, and I, I guess, yeah, um, some of that is fairly self-explanatory to, to sort of fix, um, as in, you know, maybe buy a, bit, buy a bit less or just, you know, go through the fridge and make sure there's nothing just about to go out of date, that type of stuff, or, or cook smaller portions or, or that sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think we need to sort of labor the point on that one, but but yeah, food waste is a huge thing. And then I think the thing that upset me the most actually when I was researching the book is actually our, our kit, or oh, sorry, you guys call it gear, don't you? Gear, um, kit, kit um, gear, yeah, <laughs> um, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, there's a lot of pain and impact caused in its creation, usually. So, um, and I, I, and well, yeah, I, I won't depress people too much, but I didn't even know about like forever chemical, forever chemicals and um, micro, micro, um, it's not just microplastics or even cotton t-shirts, um, microfibers, sorry. So it's not just polyester. And I don't know if you guys are aware of that, that yeah, there's a whole kind of crisis around every time we wash our clothes, microfibers are released into waterways and, and they're they're definitely bad for wildlife we're not totally sure if they're bad for us but there's a pretty good chance they are um and they're clogging up the oceans etc um so our kit is is can be quite bad and then um diet toxic dyes some in the cotton industry there's still child child labor and slave labor at times things like that so it's 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 pretty upsetting um really the answer uh i think for us as individuals is kind of can we do we really need all that kit? Can we buy a bit less? Can we make it last longer? Um, and that's that's something I've been trying to do. And I suppose as a as a sponsored athlete, I've been uh, there's a lot less. Hey, look at my new kit going on. And, and I and I suppose I push back on my on my sponsor innovate quite a lot and kind of said, well, what are you doing about this? Um, and and I found for them, and I think yeah, I I mean I. I think they've been pretty responsive. Some of this stuff does take some time and some of it's very complicated, such as the the micro, um, the whole microfiber thing is a huge trouble in the whole industry, the whole clothing world. Like they're trying to figure that out. They're trying to work, do that better. Um, it's not an easy fix. Um, but yeah, kit, kit can be a huge waste. Uh, and, but then again, you'll have more impact probably by saying to a race, um, actually, I don't want the T-shirt and... and 
you know, do, do you need to give out these free T-shirts um, all the time every year? You know, um, and we have a group called um, a friend of mine founded a group called Trees Not Tees. I think they, they are over there now. Yeah, they are. Um, they are. They're awesome. Yeah, no, they're doing really well, really, really sort of exploding. Um, yeah, just giving it's a free thing that any race can sign up to giving people the option of, of um, you know, planting a tree instead of taking a T-shirt. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think actually the T-shirt waste is one of the most terrific things in a way. It sounds, you know, a T-shirt sounds quite innocent, but, it, it, you know, collect if there are thousands of wasted ones, it's it's quite bad. So they're probably the areas um, that trouble me. Yeah, it, it was just brought, actually brought up to me. Do you, have you done any research on race medals? Yes. Actually, I couldn't find I couldn't find any, um, okay. but they're seen as yeah potentially very wasteful as well. Um, but yeah, I couldn't find a, 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 there was lots on clothing, especially t-shirts and jeans. There's lots of lots of research um, uh, and poly, yeah polyester materials and stuff. Um, but yeah, and a lot of the race medals are made in China, um, which isn't you know isn't in itself a sin. But but yeah, there's probably some travel involved there. Um, but yeah, some races here they do some recycled ones or wooden ones that's a more sustainable material, obviously. And then it's the similar thing of do I need a medal? Um, you know, and I think in some some scenarios, you know, when I did, we were talking about Dragon's Back before we came on air, weren't we? And um, I've got a Dragon's Back T-shirt which I'm I'm proud of and I wear it. But the point is, if you're using it, that's okay. Um, and I did take I did take a medal from from Tour de Gion and and the Spine Race, and they'll be precious to me. But I don't need a medal for a local 10k. Um, but I think it feels like in, in trail running anyway, and in Britain, that message is getting out and people are responding. Um, and in some cases, it's going to just, you know, it's going to make the race cheaper or, or, you know, it's less, hopefully less hassle uh, for, for a race organiser, possibly in, in the longer term. Um, but yeah, they're, they're another thing that we maybe don't need. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, at least, yeah. And, and there's some medals that I have that mean a lot to me, but they're probably the least useful of all of the things i mean a t-shirt at least you could wear yeah. if if it's one that you wear but a medal it's like i don't go walking around with my medal all the time <laughs> <laughs> maybe yes. i should start but yeah so <laughs> so when you're out for a day in the hills what do you do how does your nutrition look how do you set it up so you are reducing waste and usage in that regard well so to 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 step step back a bit, I did a including that Penalway run when I broke um, John's record back in 2020. I tried to do it plastic waste free. Um, I was also I wasn't f- sort of fully plant based then, but I did the the attempt pl- as a plant, you know, with plant based nutrition. But that was so much easier than the plastic. Trying trying not to have any plastic waste was really hard, and I was doing things like. Um, you know, I only found one company that would make, you know, uh, crisps. I was going to say crisps. I think you call them chips. Um, a big bag of chips, salt and vinegar chips. I love. And but there was only one company I could found who made like biodegradable packets. But then I drove. I drove uh, like half an hour or more to find them to get them. So actually, that was counterproductive because of the the emissions from my car from a single person journey to get these crisp packets that might biodegrade. You know, who knows how long that would take. You know, that was kind of pointless. Well, not. Yeah, kind of pointless, it really, because the emissions from the car were probably worse for the planet. Um, and I try, I tried, <laughs> I tried really hard to, but then so much of our fruit and vegetables. Um, although I must say, sometimes fruit um, in a plastic packaging will mean that fruit will ripen later and therefore is less likely to be wasted. So 
the plastic stuff isn't always as straightforward as we as we'd like and uh, and and actually a paper bag can be worse than a plastic bag um it's usually more emissions uh to create it in the first place and then often they you know if they get wet or they, they don't last then then it's kind of a waste as well so I mean, plastic is a problem when we throw it away. If we keep using it, it's, it's actually can be really, it's a really good material. Uh, but we've just got used to chucking things out, haven't we? Um, and and so much of our food just comes in plastic packaging that, that isn't much use to us. Um, yeah, I'm getting a bit. <laughs> this is quite a lot. No, but, um, so I had a big experiment. This is like a three day run, you know, of, of trying to do it plastic free. I'd say I 98% achieved it. Um, I think once or twice, like someone on the hill gave me, you know, gave me a snack that was from a plastic packaging when I was sort of, you know, half awake and didn't realize till afterwards. Um, but in terms of trying to do that every day, it's, it's, it's pretty much impossible. I mean, I must admit, I stopped working with one sponsor because they were a gel company and I just didn't think they were taking it seriously. I, I didn't feel comfortable promoting them. Um, but gels are very difficult because they're a sort of a liquid. It's very hard at the moment. There's not a viable, as far as I know. But uh, but there are some companies now that you send the packaging back to them, um, and and they'll take care of it. So that's something. That's some progress. But they need to do it like you. Know, they need to get loads together to be able to do it. You, they just can't do five at a time or something. I think you need hundreds of thousands. So what am I doing to yeah reduce waste on a daily level? I mean, I actually from my research, it actually looked like going going plant-based was actually uh, a bigger uh, impact reduction yeah a bigger reduction of your emissions than than some plastic packaging which is still a problem but actually with most food the packaging and the transport actually is actually quite a small element usually of, of the overall footprint of food so so local beef for example it's a it's a bit of a myth that local food is better for the environment so like beef from down the road is still far worse than for us anyway like tomatoes from spain um um i can i can send people to a website the best website for all this stuff is called um ourworldindata.org and that's an oxford university four-year research into sort of global food um i found it pretty interesting and it pretty much yes yeah, pretty much turned me vegan um because it is it is the meat and the dairy that are the problem globally the biggest problem so there to me that's the area to to concentrate on and yeah it's 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 it's, it's impossible to live without creating plastic waste i think um or or takes a huge unreasonable effort i suppose so again that's where as individuals we can only do so much in our actions and, and we need to sort of i suppose hassle and, and bother and nag um companies uh to to do to do better i think definitely yeah i i think that's yeah i, I will link that website in the the show notes because it's out it's i would not have guessed because there is so much movement of um, you know, buying local, et cetera, it's so much more helpful. So I think that that sounds like a really great place to get a more clear picture of what actually is happening. Yeah, I mean, local isn't always bad. If right, you, right, if right. It's, yeah. I mean, usually, usually it's good, I, but it's just, I could see how someone would think beef down the road was better than some tomatoes that came from a long way away, when often it's actually the, the other way around, which, yeah, it, it sort of was eye-opening to me anyway, um, that really, yeah, yeah. That that I think typifies well demonstrates what the what the real problem is globally anyway. Absolutely. So thinking, I mean, we're already seeing it happen this year multiple times. Um, there was a race, one of the UTMB races in Colorado was actually changed because of flooding. Um, they couldn't run the hundred k, and so we're seeing a lot of races being impacted by environmental 
changes, disasters, like abnormalities. What are your thoughts on this in terms of, is this absolute the future? How do we change it? What's your per- kind of perspective? Should we be racing less? You know, what, where, how do you see this fitting in? That's a terribly worded question, but hopefully <laughs> you understand where I'm going. Well, yeah, I mean, because I've been interested in this for a couple of years, I I, I am sort of collecting in my head at least, you know, a list of races that have been affected or, or taught, you know, or competitions that have been affected. One of the obvious ones is the Tokyo Olympics. The, the marathon wasn't held in Tokyo because that would have been too hot. Um, and in fact, that, that Olympic Games had athletes asking for extra timeouts. For, they even left venues in wheelchairs because of the heat. Um, there, there are there are examples. Um, well, the worst example is that terrible tragedy in China a year ago or two years ago, when, when over twenty runners died from um, very extreme change in the weather. Uh, now, you know, some people say we've always had extreme weather, but yeah, various studies are showing that that um, hugely more likely uh, because of climate breakdown. Um, I've had a race cancelled. Yeah, like the day before, I was on the way to it. And, um, it got a text saying it was cancelled because we'd had a storm and they couldn't repair infrastructure. Down in Australia, um, actually, yeah, the, the same storm, actually. I was going to do the spine race. Um, this is two years, a year and a half ago. And actually, they had to, um, we couldn't run all the route because of, there were lots of trees that had been made unsafe because of the same storm. And um, we had to get a lift in a car. <laughs> now, I actually I actually DNF'd out the race before that bit, but you, you, we had to run like... T- 200 miles, get a lift in a car for 10 miles and then carry on running. Like, I mean, that kind of made a mockery of, of, of our sport, especially getting a lift in a car, which didn't help. Um, although, yeah, I don't know what else they could have done. But um, uh, in Australia and New Zealand recently, we've seen two races um, that have been, yeah, storms have wrecked the trails and it's turned more or less into, you know, a flat road race. Uh, you know, so it is really affecting our sport and, and more globally running. Even Sebastian Coe, um, I don't know if he's well known in America, but he he's um head of yeah, head of athletics and he he sort of in a flippant comment recently said he doesn't know if the marathon will be part of the Olympics, you know, in the future. Um now apparently that was a bit of an un- unguarded flippant comment, but it shows yeah. that running is yeah. really being affected. And and yeah, too hot to run. I've heard from Australian runners, it's too simply too hot to run. Over in America, you have much more of a wildfire issue than than we have. Uh and and the air pollution globally is is just ridiculous like um nearly every city well yeah i don't know don't exaggerate this but yeah the who recommended guidelines for air pollution most cities in the world don't don't meet that and runners breathe in you know we breathe in deeply that air all the time um so we, we are being affected possibly more than more than some people um other sports are being affected too especially sort of mountaineering and mountain sports skiing uh winter sports uh for obvious reasons um climbing yeah mountaineering places aren't safe because it's not as yeah it's warmer so the the rocks are being loose and they're they're tumbling down um it is affecting sports globally um i forgot what the question was really but (laughs) it's a problem (laughs) i guess solutions maybe that we can or, or what do you foresee as our trajectory do you see it as we're just gonna keep plugging away keep pushing keep thinking that we can make these things happen and adjusting or do you think eventually this is going to catch on of enough movement where we start reducing the races we started reducing or limiting the amount of people that say can climb everest how do you project i guess gosh yeah what a great question i don't know if i really have 
I don't I know mean, if I really thought yeah. to, to <laughs> but what what I hope is that so so various bits of re- research show sort of we're much more likely to act when when I suppose the things that affect us are affect you know are affected. It's difficult when it's the you know you see image of polar bears and 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 their ice is melting and you kind of think oh that's sad but I don't know any polar bears. Um, whereas when it's your own races, you know your own experiences, your own treasured experiences um, that are being affected. Hopefully that means people who maybe before hadn't realised what was happening, they can see now. Um, you know things are really happening now. Climate breakdown is is now. It's not something that's going to happen. It's happening now. Um, and again, we had we had our hottest ever yeah hottest ever day ever recorded here in Britain last year. Um, I guess I hope that will ga- galvanise more people. Um, and then I suppose the question, the next question is what, you know, what, what do we do? We care, but we don't know what to do is what I, is what I hear quite a lot. Um, I think, yeah, it's back to that sort of nudging for system change, um, voting as well. I, I think I missed that out last time, although we don't get to vote all that often. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, there were just protests in London over the weekend. The Green Runners were part of that. Um, I would say it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be that. It's got to be sort of, getting getting to the streets or or but also in your own your local running club you know your local running race what could be improved but it, the act of improving something isn't just that so maybe slight reduction of emissions that influences people and and sends a message as well and, and then hopefully gets more people on board and then um yeah i mean that's <laughs> i hope yeah that's a great question what things going to look like I, I mean i'm guessing there are some races that will be affected uh for, for, forever and may not even you know may not even be able to exist how they how they were um i guess that's the reality to be honest um yeah yeah, yeah no we're seeing i mean races that were previously in one month are now in another month or they are there's changes to the course yeah it, it i think it's already happening um i'm just yeah it's just always that question of like when is it going to be enough to really get people's attention yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully, we're close, <laughs> or there. Yeah, I hope so. I hope mm-hmm. so. Uh, well, yeah, Jimmy been... <laughs> I <know. laughs> Well, I appreciate though you sharing this, and I think that it's such an important part of this community because the most everyone here is a mountain athlete or aspiring mountain athlete, and that I think is where we are seeing so many impact so many changes and if we want our sports to continue if we want to be able to go to the places we love we have to be aware of what's going on and be actively working towards a solution or many solutions and i would say yeah i totally agree i i I would say what seems to hold some people back is that fear of not being perfect or of being calling being called a Mm -hmm. hypocrite um but the fact is we're, we're all hypocrites because uh, you know, our everyday emissions, our everyday life, even our food and our clothing, there were emissions released in, in the production of it. So we can't move almost for, for emitting on some level. Now, sometimes there are improvements we can make, but to me, that's not the most important thing. Like if no one speaks up, then what happens? Uh, nothing happens. So we've got to almost embrace the word hypocrite. Um, I actually have it on some of my uh, social media bios and, and I do get called a hypocrite. Um, but I, I, I just, you know, I've got kids and in what in in 20 or 30 years they're going to say to me dad you know back then when you know the, when it was still possible to stop all this you know what did you what did you do and what did why didn't everyone stop it 
you know, and that kind of haunts me. Um, and we've got a chance now, but it's it's kind of right now that we that that we need to change things. Uh, and governments just aren't asking, uh, you know, just aren't acting. So we need to, yeah. I mean, we almost need to go straight to the source. At risk of sounding like I'm not, I'm not um, advocating for another uh, charge on Capitol Hill uh, as <laughs> such, but but or at least not in that style uh, as happened to you guys. But but yeah, we, we, uh, I think it's that urgent and that desperate that um, we really need to make a noise um, and and make sure that politicians, you know, realise you know that, that we demand we demand action now. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I can't think what else really. I agree. So if people want to connect with you or see what you're doing. Well, they probably don't now. They can hear what a depressing, boring, uh, ranting. <laughs> no, <I'm... laughs> no I, I mean, I'm inspired yet again to continue to do the best that I can and keep working for change. So I'm sure others are as well. What is the best way to contact you or contact the Green Runners or see how they can make an impact in their own country? Do you have any things you can share oh, well we'd absolutely love anyone who's listening or and, and grab a friend and and come and join the green runners uh that would be amazing and we are kind of we are global there's nothing necessarily geographical about us um it's just uh in dollars it'd be i don't know three or four dollars to join and that gets a badge a cloth badge sent out that you could attach to um we, we decided not to make t-shirts that seemed a bit a bit contradictory um but we you get sent a badge so the money goes yeah for the badge and, and i think a little bit towards the upkeep of the website but um yeah the badges um yeah stick it on stick it on um your pack or your t-shirt or your or your head headwear um we're fast approaching it was our birthday we're fast approaching uh a thousand members um we're, we're in many many countries now um yeah please please come and join. It's just thegreenrunners.com. Um, and all we ask is people make a pledge to improve um, on one of our four pillars. Um, and, you know, that's totally up to you. And we, we, no one's expecting perfection from anyone. Um, it's just improving. Uh, but really, to me, the, the key one is speaking out. And that could be could be on social media, could be to your friends, could be could be um, in, in inter- interviews like this. Um, all, all of that. Yeah, that all matters and counts, I think. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Damien, for sharing about this and digging into tougher questions. And and also, I think it's so hard because of, yeah, exactly the hypocrite side of things where people are so afraid to make a mistake or to be called out for something and just tell those people to shut up, like the people (laughs) that that are criticizing you because you're doing more and caring more um by by saying something and doing something so well thank you but it's important i mean you're giving me a platform and you you guys i know you guys are sympathetic and and but yeah just keep keeping banging on about the message and and spreading it is just yeah really important i think absolutely well thank you for listening to the uphill athlete podcast you can rate review and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and it's not just one but a community we are uphill athlete